The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Okay, the government today announced a new reduced your use energy efficiency campaign for the public sector, reducing temperature and duration of heating systems, energy use from lightning, uh, electricity use at peak times wherever possible, and making more efficient use of buildings where occupancy is low at certain times due to remote working. Also suggesting things like that local authorities should uh, consider whether they put up the Christmas lighting in the months ahead. I'll start with you, D. Ryan, as Chief Executive of Limerick Chamber. I suppose there would be a saving involved in that. But what would our towns and cities look like at Christmas without the Christmas lighting? And what would that do to trade, do you think? Well, Matt, just to say, you know, it's absolutely appropriate and correct that the government would be looking at conducting this sort of review and guidance for local authorities on energy management and consumption. Um, in fact, you know, businesses are doing this at the moment. We're all doing it in our own households, doing the same thing. But it is alarming to hear that there's a question mark being put over Christmas lights. And in all years, I think this year is the year that we need to ensure that that joy is brought to our city and town centres. So, you know, we're seeking to engage with our local authority. We're already talking to them about Christmas planning and preparations because from a trader perspective and a business perspective, Matt, this is what we're coming into now is what's referred to in the industry as the golden quarter. Most traders would expect to take between 40 and 50 percent of their annual revenue at Christmas. And creating that ambiance and that atmosphere in our town centres is a crucial component to that. So the, you know, the retailers that, that I'm talking to and indeed the businesses in the nighttime economy that I'm talking to have already been hit after COVID, coming out of COVID, have been hit by the falling consumer confidence, um, increasing cost of doing business, not just in terms of the products that they have to buy in that they're selling on, the energy to keep their doors open and their lights on, and then their own staff seeking for those um, inflation adjustments, you know, cost of living adjustments um, in their wages. It's a very, very difficult time for retailers. So we would be urging the government and we would be lobbying our own local authority to look at other ways to make savings. Yes, let's look at the lights. You know, are we using energy efficient bulbs? Is there a possibility of reducing the number of strings of bulbs in the, in the city centre? Can we think about turning them on a little later, perhaps in November? Um, can we look at the time of the day, within every day that they're on for? But we can't cut them out at all. We really need to be bringing the joy to people this Christmas, this Christmas more than ever. Okay, we're also joined by Professor Brianna Gallagher, visiting a scholar at Massachusetts Institute of Technology Energy Initiative. Uh, I see today the EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen says we will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours across the EU. What would that mean, do you think? Uh, good evening, Matt. Yes, she, she uh, proposed five different specific measures to address the uh, the higher electricity prices and the risks to electricity supply. And um, she, she made this intervention this morning in advance of the, the energy minister's meeting on Friday. So they'll discuss these things. And some of the details were, were missing and need to be trashed out. So she was putting cards on the table. And one of them, as you mentioned, was this 
mandatory target for reducing peak electricity demands. And this would be up to the ministers to work out how that might be done, how that might be approached. But the purpose of it would be to, to essentially try and flatten the, the energy demand. Normally, we have a peak in electricity demand in the period between five and seven in the evening. And this is a particular challenge in terms of uh, electricity supply. Uh, it brings on the most expensive fuels uh, at that point. And uh, essentially, so to try and help shelter us against the electricity price rises and also re reduce the, the risk to electricity supply, a, a mandatory reduction, uh, it's quite a significant uh, suggestion to have a mandatory uh, reduction. Uh, but the details on what it would, uh, how that might be delivered will need to be trashed out. There were four other um, also interesting suggestions she made. One was a cap on revenues from electricity generators who are producing cheap and low carbon electricity. Um, and this would make more visible the economic benefits of low carbon uh, electricity supply. Um, so in the Irish case, that would be in terms of, of wind energy generators to, to place a cap there. Also, the third element was solidarity contributions from electricity companies who are using fossil fuel other than, than gas. I mean, these are benefiting from the high prices. And the solidarity contributions could be used then to shelter vulnerable electricity customers from high prices, you know, in, ad in addition or as part of the budgetary measures that are being discussed in, in Ireland, for example. The, the fourth element then is supporting electricity utilities to cope with, with cash flow problems, because you can imagine for electricity companies, this is a real challenge. The the high gas prices they're facing, the, uh, they've, they've some long-term contracts, there's short-term contracts. So how do they manage that? And this is affecting their ability to invest. So providing liquidity uh, for the uh, electricity uh, utilities. And then the fifth one, which is probably, again, one of the, the more interesting ones, was to lower the cost of gas. And this is by placing a cap on the price of Russian gas. Because of course, while Russia is, is delivering less gas at the moment to the EU, it's delivering it at very high prices. So it's it's securing a lot of revenue. Yeah, but Vladimir Putin has said that if there's a cap put on that, Russia won't supply any gas at all. And, and, and yeah, and, and this was the other thing that uh, Ursula von der Leyen mentioned this morning, because the three measures that were previously introduced to reduce our dependence on Russia for, for natural gas are starting to take effect. So it puts, puts the EU in a stronger position and puts Ru Russia in a weaker position in this regard. So the first of these was to reduce gas demand and increase storage. So increasing storage so we have the gas available in the winter. Now, the EU set a very ambitious target to have 80% of the EU storage uh, capacity, storage tanks, if you like, across the EU full by the end of October. We're now at the point where it's we've already reached 82% capacity. So we're ahead of target. We've also managed to diversify supplies from outside of Russia. So whereas previously 40% of the EU gas came from Russia, now it's 9%. So that's really, uh, again, weakens uh, Russia's... Well, does that mean then that there's enough coming in so that we really don't GCM have to fear... Renewables. But does that mean there's enough coming in that we don't really have to fear the electricity and gas being cut to us? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. It, 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 we're in a very delicate balancing act. 
what I would say, though, is that the EU position is now much stronger than it was uh, a few months ago, and, and Russia's position is uh, is notably weaker. Okay. The, the other gamble that Russia is making is that th- th- these are they're looking for short term gains here, but the long term confidence now that people have in Russia in terms of fuel supply is really mm-hmm. impacting on on Russia's ability to to actually further develop its energy uh, resources. But Brian, one last one to you though, and a lot of people are saying. Why should we be expected to undergo potential power cuts or be asked to reduce our consumption when the combined effort of the Irish people to do that might be minimal by comparison with the amount of power being used by data centres? Well, that's a good question. The, the, the additional re- risk, though, that we face in Ireland is that we haven't managed to, to build sufficient uh, generating capacity to allow us to, to have a comfortable margin when the wind uh, isn't blowing and when demand is high. So we, we have additional problems nationally that we need to face up to that are independent of uh, what's happening in Russia and other parts of the EU. And, and that challenges us and means that we have to also uh, reduce our peak uh, demand uh, for those reasons. And uh, this includes, I mean, data centres do have a requirement to have backup generation uh, on site and they'd be expected to bring that on when there is, uh, at, at peak times or when, when there is low low wind and high electricity demand. Um, so certainly, but in terms of messaging, uh, you're right, it's very important that the messaging be, be clear and con- consistent and coherent. So if we are asking people to, to reduce their use. Uh, electricity yeah. demand and gas, uh, that should be consistent across society. OK, Brian O'Gallagher, thank you very much. Derek Cassidy from Bonkers.ie. People may not like having to do it if the data centres are still sucking in the electricity, but with the way prices are, most people will, I think, try and do something to reduce their bills. What are the best things you reckon that they can do in their own home to try and save on their bills? Well, there's a few things that people can do, but I do need to warn listeners that there's no magic solution. There's no one thing that people can do. And unfortunately, people kind of roll their eyes when they hear a lot of these tips. But I will say that this is absolutely the year when people need to double down and re-educate themselves on how to use a little bit less electricity around the home. I know some listeners, some households will already be doing this, but it's not a bad idea just to be reminded about some of the things that we, you know, that, that we can do. And um, one thing I would always say to people is to just mind the fridge. So the fridge is just one of those appliances that runs all day, every day. We don't think about it a huge amount, but because it's running so long. It can add maybe around 10, 12 euro a month to people's electricity bills. So that's maybe 24 euro on a, on a bi-monthly bill. And I would say to people, if you're doing any batch cooking, which a lot of us might be doing now to try and save a little bit of money so that we're not buying lunches when we go out to to work, is never put hot food straight into the fridge, the freezer, because the fridge and freezer has to then work extra hard to cool it down and you're kind of just wasting money. And um, when you're putting on, of course, your washers, remember that up to 80% of the energy that your washing machine or your dishwasher uses is actually for heating the water. So do you go for cooler washers or an eco-wash as much as possible? Turning down the thermostat is another one as well. I mean, a lot of Irish people set it up a little bit too high, try and set it down to maybe 20 degrees, and that's probably the biggest thing that you can do. Um, and then look at buying more energy-efficient appliances as well. Now, with household budgets under pressure... You're maybe not going to do Boris Johnson and the kettle for us, Dara, are you? No, no, but just I think when people buy new TVs, Matt, and when they're buying maybe new Hoovers, we get obsessed with the gadgets and maybe the look and the feel 
and quite often we don't actually take into account how much they're actually going to cost. So I would say to people, try and buy a more energy efficient appliance if you are buying a new one. Of course, I'm not suggesting people go out and start buying appliances that don't need to be replaced. But if it is time to replace the Hoover, the fridge, the kettle, uh, just do be mindful of those um, you know, energy efficiency ratings because usually the, you know, the, the appliance will pay for itself in maybe you know, a, a year or so. They have been updated though, so that's what listeners need to be reminded of as well. So it used to go from an A++ scale to a D scale. It's now going from A to G to make it a little bit easier for people to understand. And then just as quickly, look as well at maybe moving your energy to times if possible when it's less expensive um, for you. Um, and this would really only apply though to people who have maybe smart meters and are on a smart tariff. So smart tariffs charge higher um, prices for electricity between usually five to seven. So look at using your usage outside of those times. And if you have a night saver meter, if you use some of your energy at night, um, you can get up to maybe 40% or 50% okay. of your electricity. But that only applies, Matt, if you have uh, you know, a night saver meter or a smart meter. There's lots of talk about people saving money by moving their energy outside of five to seven. You'll save nothing if you're just on a normal 24-hour meter, which actually the majority of the population is on. Derek Cassidy from Bonkers.ie. Thank you. Siobhan says, anyone who uses an iCloud account to store photos, email, etc. can't complain about data centres. The 21st century society needs them. Why are we so against wind energy and wind farms? We live on the edge of the Atlantic Ocean. We should be ahead of the curve on this by now. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, F-